0: what's up everybody thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of the pits stories from the depths
1: what's up everybody thank you guys for tuning in wherever you're listening to this you know hit that subscribe button like share with your friends and all that if you like this episode um shout out to everybody that we're talking to on facebook live um during these COVID times we've been doing facebook lives on friday nights it's just kind of a thing to look forward to and do um you know social distance wise and uh and then we release the audio episodes on every Mondays as the the pits podcast faithful know um but you know we appreciate you guys wherever you are listening to this right now we appreciate your support and yeah. uh yeah i'm sure we got i don't even know what we got lined up tonight um Again, if you're, this is it, like I say this every episode, I think, but I think I have to. Um, in case you've never heard our podcast before, um, Carolyn comes up with a story, um, an event, a person, something, and she researches it diligently. Like you know, the good season that she
0: Yeah, does. that's what I was also going to bring <laughs> up. Taking. He, well, I was listening to part of the podcast that he was on uh, uh shout out to billy
1: willing by the yeah. way Um uh, buck podcast he had me on and um yeah yeah it was a lot of fun and i think it was a really cool conversation honestly yeah. i listened to the whole thing myself and you know how i hate listening to my own voice but i was like well this is actually a pretty good conversation
0: yeah um the part he was asking about kind of like the podcast and Z was describing what okay. it was and he was like you know she was like a good student, one of those good students. And thinking back on it, I was not a good student. I, like, skated by on the skin of my teeth and got things done at the last minute really well because of lots of caffeine. But I definitely wouldn't say, like, I was... the. I know people who Better are, like, student good students. student than me, well, for sure. I'm the type of student that, like, that's why... I would never go to law school. People ask me all the time at the job that I'm in if I would ever go to law school. Yeah. And because of how much I like learning, I don't like school, and I think there is a difference.
1: Well, you graduated Georgia Southern in four years, which with if,
0: no parking tickets. I'm more. No,
1: that's that's an anomaly. The no parking ticket yeah. thing is is truly like that's kind of an inside thing if you go to Georgia Southern. Yeah. But like the. Dude, the parking ticket thing is is ridiculous. Like, it, I've gotten a boot. I got a boot on my car one time. Yeah, it was somebody else's fault, but you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, they're trash. <laughs> Speaking of trash, we're gonna be talking about um, <laughs> <laughs> New York City during a time period. Um, I mean, it is far removed from Hamilton, but. I've really been liking like Hamilton. Like some gangs
1: of New York. Style oh my gosh! Stuff.
0: I was gonna make a reference to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. one of my
1: favorite movies. I
0: know. I mean,
1: Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, come on, he's he's fantastic. Well, he got Leo in it, and also John C. Riley. John C. Riley yeah. in Gangs of New York. Yeah.
0: Pretty good. Well, that's the thing is, I knew somebody that had only seen John C. Riley in Step Brothers, and then watched Gangs of New York, and was like. He's brutal. I like, you know you in... Think? Uh, like, you've only seen him in a comedic role. Yeah. Gangs in New York is going to throw you for a loop.
1: Right? He's really a good in um loop. Yeah, well he's yeah, he's a cop or whatever, but he uh but he's really good in What's Eating Gilbert Grape too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, another it's good dramatic movie. role.
1: Leo's in that one too.
0: Um so yes, that is the time period that we're going to um some I, so I do, I do do a lot of research and I like to come at it. I listen to different podcasts. I watched a documentary actually that had Anthony Bourdain in it about this topic. Yeah. It made me sad. Um, it was an older one, but, um, one of the podcasts that I listened to said that, um, Mr. Lewis did some overacting in that movie.
1: Yeah, um... How
0: do you feel about that? That's... Spicy topic?
1: That's, um, like, a pretty <laughs> common thing with method actors, though. Like, I heard Jared Leto was trying to, like, be a method actor uh, during Suicide Squad. Yeah. And I heard it was just, like, miserable. Like, Like, he was, like, mailing bags of his pubes to people and, like, just crazy nonsense. Yeah. That's what I heard, anyway. I don't know... I don't know, this is all like secondhand. Yeah. Super
0: good stuff. Well, I mean, this is that's right on brand with what we're talking about today. (laughs) Very unsanitary things. Yeah. Things that are very relatable relatable to the world that we're in now. Um, another thing about that uh podcast I was referencing, it was actually made in two thousand eleven. Um the or the, whatever, the documentary was in 2000... No, it was the podcast. The podcast I listened to was in 2011. I think the documentary maybe was 2009 or 2008 that had Anthony Wardane in it. But the 2011 podcast was talking about how relevant what they were talking about was. Or, yeah. like, they were talking about... Um, it was an ad in this podcast, and I was talking about how... During these times, you don't want to be, like, close to other people or have to wait in lines. So I was looking up. I was like, why don't I remember what was happening? And it was a freaking SARS outbreak and avian flu, which, like, people don't remember that we've kind of... Not to this extent. We haven't been quarantined as a nation before. But it was interesting to hear someone talk about it and then it not be about... Because I did find a lot of things that were making correlations, but we're going to have fun with this one. A lot of those were super serious. I mean, it's a serious topic. Typhoid. It's a serious subject. Okay. So, first question. Guess how much poop a horse makes on an average day?
1: Um. Really classy here. I'd say probably... I mean, how much food does it eat? I'd say probably like 25 pounds.
0: On the nose. A horse makes 25 pounds of poop a day.
1: Dude, that's a wild <laughs> guess. I swear. Well, I was just thinking about... I'm Are like, you
0: spying? I'm like,
1: how much... Like, I'm like, how Are much food... Spying? I'm like, how much food does a horse eat? Are you eat?
0: pulling a Nick Saban? Get out of here. <laughs> <on> my nose. <laughs> Get my A big belly kick. Out. <laughs> Get out of a here. A spy
1: gate and your shit. No, yeah. I, I, I really... um, I, I just thought about how much food Barney eats compared to a horse.
0: Okay, well, 25 pounds of manure a day. Okay, so we are in 18... 18- is <laughs> These statistics are from 1895. Um, at the 1895 time period, there were approximately 200,000 horses in New York. Um, and by the way, horse is the mode of transportation. If you need an ambulance, you're yeah. going by horse. Like everything, you're on a horse. Okay? I mean, it's that's still pretty are.
1: reliable. That's the thing. Is like, what if there's one day where we can't pump gas out of the ground anymore? Yeah, and you know, there's there's a gas shortage, but you, I mean, you have horses.
0: Oh, okay. So, thank you. I would love a horse. Thank you. Uh,
1: thank yeah. You. Remember when we were looking at another the day and I they know. were like eight Those grand? Those were
0: ponies. Those were not horses. First
1: of all. Okay, so that's not even. So that's not even breaking the. That's not even the tip of the iceberg. Is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna Anywho. spend like. $100. Okay,
0: back to we're gonna get to on the math. If I- any other people just did the math real quick, that is five million pounds of poop a day.
1: Right, but you can use it for stuff, right? In
0: New, in New York City, um, and oh, oh, in 1895, well, really up to 1895, no one was picking that up. <laughs> <laughs> So there's like in the documentary these kids. Oh, and also like dead animals. So like horses that would die or dogs that would die would just stay in the road. So like there's in the documentary, nobody. These no kids good are just playing like stick ball, and they're playing a dead horses in the road, and there's just piles of poop everywhere. I don't know. The kids might still be. It might
1: not be it too reminds, early to rem- say. It reminds me of the there are uh,
0: piles of poop everywhere, and they're just playing. And there's a dead horse in the road. This was 1895 in New
1: York, so. It reminds me of the Parks and Rec episode where, where they had the the dog poop fight. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, real. Kind of it's
0: real. Okay. Um. Okay. That again up until 1895. That is when New York forms what I like to call a trash
1: army. Trash Army. Uh, the
0: New York Department of Health is formed. Uh, the group that cleans up the trash and poop and manure is called... They're called the White Wings,
1: which... Interesting name.
0: Um, so, they're in charge of the poop collection. And this is where the phrase cleanliness is next to godliness comes from. Oh. Because things were very gross. And things people were getting really sick, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So, unfortunately, what also came along with this department was the ability for people to come into your home and force immunizations on you. Okay. Um, That's pretty relevant. And they could also send you to a place lovingly referred to as Quarantine Island so Whoa. just keep this in mind if you if there's people who honestly believe what's happening now has never happened before Dude,
1: we're like we're like two weeks away from that though yeah <laughs>
0: so apparently new york is like i mean we know there's islands
1: well they brought the ship right that's kind of the same thing that's true yeah
0: yeah um so there is the island and it it does have an official name but its nickname is quarantine island so that's what was happening At this time, as some of you might know, Louis Pasteur was coming up with a lot of new medicine and science for doctors and scientists, which is great. Unfortunately, only doctors and scientists are giving this information. (laughs) So private citizens have no idea about anything about germ theory or like wash your hands, things like that. Um. So also around this time, uh, there is a pretty widespread epidemic called uh, typhoid going on. Um, Also up to this point, typhus and typhoid were
1: what is that? Di-
0: were different. I don't know. They were considered different things, but at around 1894 and 1895, because it was happening so much, like typhoid fever was its own thing. And it symptoms include painful, violent diarrhea, high fever, red rash, sleeplessness, and if not treated death
1: it I mean that sounds like a um an infection or like you know uh yeah, hey um yeah, yeah, well, I don't know what you call it,
0: not a good thing um some of the famous cases of people who had typhoid. Our Mary Todd Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln's child actually ended up, he ended up dying from typhoid.
1: Yeah, I heard this crazy story about how Abraham Lincoln's doctor was treating him with mercury.
0: Yep, that used to be a lot of the testing, lithium. Um, at one point, the lady we're going to be talking about, they tried to clean her GI tract with, like uh, I think, chlorine and formaldehyde. Or something similar? Yeah, no,
1: that's not... No. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't know... Yeah. Anybody at it's home... It's funny because we've no. had people
0: recommending to also inject themselves, but...
1: <laughs> the
0: comparisons are rich, guys. Okay. Also, so Mary Todd Lincoln did not die of typhoid, but their son did. Yeah. Uh George O'Keefe, and these are most notably like people that you guys would know and care about. Wilbur Wright... Of the Wright brothers died from typhoid fever. Oh,
1: yeah,
0: typhoid fever. I bit my tongue and have now the thing that you get on the end of your tongue when you bite it, and it's kind of difficult. Okay, so typhoid is caused by a type of salmonella called salmonella typhi,
1: hmm. so and it be- is more like a uh, uh, an infection rather than it's not a it's not viral. It's not like a. It's like a. What do you call it? There's a term. For that. Bacterial infection? bacterial infection. Yeah, you're right.
0: Um. So before we got it under control with antibiotics, 12% of people who were diagnosed with typhoid fever would die. Wow. Um. In New York at the time, it would infect about 4,000 new people a year and would kill one in about 10 to 12 of those people, depending on who you ask. Because again we got 12% and then there were other research that were like one in 10 people would die but that doesn't really make 12%. Okay. So, if you guys didn't know, salmonella spreads by poop. Um not washing your hands or like, direct contact with poop
1: or going to whitewater.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Um and you can also get it by prepping food. So, very contagious. Um, and that's why a lot of people were dying. Alright?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it also, unfortunately, had a very bad stigma of being associated with poor, dirty, like, not very well-to-do people. Um, so, that's why it was pretty big surprise when in 1906, in a very wealthy area called Oyster Bay, a whole family, like, a giant family... Um, that was renting a house in the area, came down with typhoid fever. Um, And, again, this is in 1906. Oyster Bay was a very wealthy, um, like, tourist destination for people who lived in the city. Um, It became popular because President Theodore Roosevelt actually had a house there. And the reason that Anthony Bourdain was on the documentary is because I guess he was like a resident or knows a lot about oyster bay so huh. he gave his two cents about it but it's a nice area um the family that was renting the home were the was the warren family um charles elliot warren was the husband and back then you were known as your husband's family so it was the charles elliot warren family um there was four children Um, five servants and lots of parties at the home. So when they initially started renting the property, they were like, we need a professional chef or cook, I guess they would call it at the time. And so they called up a New York city agency and they were like, send me the best that you got. And they did. Um, it wasn't too long after like a couple parties, um, that the family was noticing that they weren't feeling too well. And then the youngest child actually ends up getting super sick. I think she was first with typhoid fever and no one can really tell how she got it. And then it would go on to six of the 11 people in their family would get it. Wow! Um, it was kind of common, again, at this time to for typhoid fever to be in like lower income areas. But again, like this was a very wealthy area where it kind of blew people's mind that this sickness had come um, and really like taken out a family. Um, The Thompson family were the ones who actually owned this house. And this is what I love. Um, They owned this beautiful house in Oyster Bay because she got it as a wedding present from her husband. Nice. So
1: just say. I mean, yeah, I'm just yeah, but I'm you,
0: fine. I'm fine. It's fine.
1: You married me. Dude. <laughs> if you wanted that. A
0: house, a house, like a vacation house. They had a normal house. He was uh, like, yeah. we have a house and here's another house as a present.
1: Yeah. Rich That's people do so that. That's so
0: much money. Yeah,
1: I'm not That's rich. so
0: much money. It's okay. I love you, babe. Okay. So they were like, we have to sell this house. But no one's going to buy our house because all these people just got sick. And at the time, they kind of knew that typhoid was spread in the water system. So they were like, if we can't find anything wrong with the people who live there, then we're going to have to burn down the house because we don't know where it's coming from. So
1: is this house on, I don't know if you know this question, is this house on like a well or New York's got a water system at this time? And did they, they have electricity? I don't
0: think so. Yeah. But yeah, it would have to be burned. Like, the only way to get rid of everything would be to, to burn...
1: Burn the, the house down, yeah. pipes and all, and melt it. Yeah. That's so crazy, This is, though.
0: again, like, that was their best theory. If typhoid happened in your house and it wasn't anyone, like, residing in there that was spreading it, then you had to burn your Bro, house down. Back,
1: back then, though, people were, like, so <laughs> aggressive with... With their um, I mean, treatments. They, they did you know? the
0: same to witches not far before that. They were like, oh, we can't figure it out. Just burn them. They
1: didn't. I mean, they were just like, you know, burn or just, you know, like, like, like I think throw the baby out with the bathwater was like exactly what they were doing just on a regular basis. They're like, whatever, dude, If put leeches on it. If, it. if it dies, then just, you know, throw it out. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Like, come on, man.
0: So they end up hiring an expert. And again, guys, the analysis. This next analogy might offend some of you guys, but stay with me. Okay, so the guy that they hire, his name is, he's a doctor, technically. Dr. George Sopert, Sopart, I don't know. People said it all different ways, so. um, was very similar to a Dr. Fauci of the time. Um, because this guy basically was like there's an issue um, in his well-to-do area and his family that shouldn't get it got it. Um, I he fancied himself a certain term, which we'll get to in a little bit. And basically he was like, if there's fame to be gained from it, I'm gonna grab onto it as much as I can. Um, he referred to himself as an epidemic fighter, quote-unquote, but was not a technical doctor, like I said, and he wasn't a medical doctor. He was a sanitation engineer and one of what would be considered the first epidemiologists because he was, like, notorious for being able to trace the cause of where these diseases were coming from.
1: So he was, like, the Bill Nye science guy back then where, like, he had an engineering degree
0: No, because this guy strictly, like, played up the news. He wasn't, like... There wasn't... And that's the other thing. There wasn't any science, scientific reporting. Right. So there wasn't any, like, entertainment or, like, news articles being published or journals being published about actual science. It was just these people that, if they could get famous because something terrible was happening, then even if they are good people unfortunately like they would use it and you'll see kind of how he takes it to a bit of an extreme like smart guy he's a very smart guy but maybe should have should be taken with a grain of salt um the thompson family was like no one in their actual family ended up getting sick it was just the elliot warren family Um, So Dr. Sopar immediately um, starts with the family and then goes through like the house staff, the servants, things like that. Um, There are no leads and he's like, something's got to be missing. So he asks um, the kitchen staff, just because the preparation of food, if there is anybody in 1906 that they could think of that worked there that wouldn't have currently been present. And they were like, yeah. So apparently there was this lady and her name was Mary Malum and she worked in the kitchen and she apparently had a famous dish of peaches and ice cream. Huh. So her employment history was very good in a way. So she worked for very wealthy families and, um... She was, like, a top chef, like, really did good work, and so that's why she went to really good families. Um, unfortunately, out of the eight families that she worked for in ten years, six of those families had a typhoid outbreak, and a total of oh. 22 people were infected throughout her time of, like, employment as a cook.
1: So she's the typhoid lady.
0: <sighs> yeah. Her she, nickname... She's like,
1: she's like Paula Dean, but instead of butter, she uses typhoid. <laughs>
0: Well, she uses a certain <laughs> ingredient, but let's just say you don't have to go to the grocery store for her. it's poop, special um, kind of chocolate. Yeah. Um. Okay. Put down your food if you have it. By the way, it, it is gross from here on out. We're like leading up to the mystery, and now we're here, and it's
1: poopy. Well, dude, this is right up my alley, though, because you—if right. anybody who knows me knows that, like. My humor is either like super dark or super infantile straight in the toilet and yeah it's either it's either like some really really dark stuff or poop jokes yeah and that's pretty much the extent of my humor. <laughs>
0: All right so let's reverse it a little bit. Who is Mary Mallon? Malum? She is an Irish immigrant which is why we've got a little we talked about we would have our little,
1: we have Piccolo because he's green. Yeah,
0: Jonzy found something green. We've got a and he's wearing a nice Irish shirt. So she is actually an Irish immigrant who came over as a teenager. You
1: know, Irish Americans always wear their hat backwards, bro.
0: I don't think that is a fact, <laughs> but <laughs> that
1: is a super racist stereotype.
0: Um. Well, speaking of racist stereotypes, she came over at a time where America was full of them. As I'm sure if you guys, if your family is, or if you learned anything about that, um, we were not very nice. We, my family is Scotch-Irish, so people were not very nice to Irish people when they came over. Yeah. Um, okay, so she was an Irish immigrant who came from a town, um, ooh, this is really important, oh, called County Tyrone, I'm sure it's not said like that in, um, Irish, but County Tyrone sounds all right Go with on. this girl. So, um, she was born in 1869, which, if you guys don't know Irish history, is like potato famine and on the way out. So, like, not not doing great. Um, she lived with her aunt and uncle because she had no immediate relatives. They all died. Um, and this is kind of important because... I couldn't find anything to find what they died from. And just keep that in mind. But she lived with her aunt and uncle. Um, and was described, like, when she came over to America as very firm. Like, she was a fierce Irish lady. But also something to understand about what was happening and what would have been, like, her aunt and uncle and, like, grandparents' time period. There were these famous serial killers, or infamous serial killers um that would end up killing a total of 15 people and they were probably she was probably told about as a child but essentially what they would do is get people drunk and then smother them and then sell their bodies to a scientist and he would like do weird things with them nice so
1: i mean that's a hustle y'all do what you gotta do with your family Um. it's jokes people (laughs) it's just jokes
0: um but she keep in mind like she was probably told about this this was probably like myth and legend around the area because these people were from that town where she grew up it's a very poor area um and that is why she came to america to better herself um, like I said, she was the head cook for many wealthy families, and she worked really hard to, like, get that position. So, you guys can kind of understand why these personalities of this doctor and her probably aren't gonna be besties. Yeah. Okay. So, So Part starts to believe that because of how, like, well, she's doing that she could be what's called a healthy carrier and that's where your immune system is living while fighting off this like insane bacteria so essentially like, a couple of things can happen when you get typhoid historically at this point you get typhoid the bacteria wins and then you die or you get typhoid your immune system wins and then the bacteria dies Okay. Right. What's happening with her is that somehow she got typhoid. My guess is from probably her parents or someone back in Ireland who passed away.
1: Yeah.
0: And then she's been carrying it and then she fought it and she's just living with this bacteria. But it's still Almost like
1: an asymptomatic person of COVID.
0: Right. And it's still inside of her. Like Right. Her um, it's again, it's a salmonella, so it has to be from poop. Yeah. And like, you can't get it from hand. Like, certain foods carry it too. Yeah. But unless you're preparing those foods. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she's yeah. a carrier. Yeah. And like, ugh. So, like, peaches and ice cream at the time, I was, I'm guessing. She was handling the peaches like with her hands, and like all those juices really can get down into your nail. And like not yeah. saying that she's not a super clean person, but it's like a part of her. Everything that she touches, there's little like microscopic poo particles that are gonna be getting in this. Yeah, and there's really not much that she can do, no matter how clean and how sterile her uh, kitchen is. Um, so unfortunately this whole like healthy carrier term is so new for the time because people are like how can you have something if you have absolutely no symptoms yeah because
1: back when and also back then people just died
0: yeah and this was actually during the time the first bacteriology lab opened in new york so it's pretty neat yeah um I mean, they had to
1: figure out why everybody was dying they're like dead bodies are in the streets we gotta do something
0: yeah So this is the whole theory of you always get more honey, or bees with honey. Yeah. So the doctor gets to her house of her new employer, okay, her new job, shows up, and immediately is like, give me poop. Like, give me your poop, give me your blood, give me your hair, like, all the samples. And in 1900, this is super personal and not normal at all. and it's in front of the people that she has a job for like another really well-to-do family so kind of embarrassing um and she is a fiery irish woman which if you guys don't know anything about you should not mess with and especially like he's calling her dirty basically he's like you're you're filthy, your kitchen's dirty, like, using really ugly terms about her. And he would continue that later on. So, she was basically like, get the F out of my kitchen. And depending on who tells the story, I chased him out with a carving, like, fork. And, like, some people will say a pitchfork, which I'm like, why would she have a pitchfork <laughs> in the kitchen? But it was most likely, like, a carving fork, a big fork. Yeah. But... Enough bed, get out, I'll stab you. Understandable. Um, So a lot of people say that because she grew up poor in Ireland and, like, with a mix of, like, the serial killer things, she didn't have a big trust for this guy that she didn't know coming into her house and saying, like, give me this stuff, these parts of your body, you know, your blood, your poop, Things that feel very intimate.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and also was kind of saying that she wasn't a good chef or, like, a clean cook, which is a big insult if you are in the industry. Yeah. Um, and, again, this disease is, like, a stereotype for really dirty, poor, lowly people, and she was like, I'm a good person, you know, I'm healthy. Right. But he wasn't having it. Um, also it's thought if Soper would have had a little bit more of a bedside manner about this then the whole thing that ended up happening wouldn't have happened because she would have gone and like maybe they could have established a relationship and they could have understood each other a little bit better yeah. but really like at this part they're butting heads. I and mean,
1: that happens a lot, dude. It's sometimes just miscommunications between people.
0: Yeah. Um so Here's the other thing. He. uh, Once he found. The cause of the issue. He should have been gone. Like the family that hired him. Don't forget. Was so that they could sell their house. Right. And once like clearly they knew that the problem was solved. He should have been out. And there should have been no further issue. Um, Also he's not a medical doctor. He's an engineer. Right. So I don't know. Um the other issue is he starts in the media um to put things out there that really aren't like necessary. Um kind of making insinuations that she might have like sexual preferences that are different than straight, which for the time is that not is not relevant though. Not good. Calls her very masculine, says she walks masculine. Um, calls her a living culture tube, a half-human machine, things like that.
1: That's really, really
0: mean. Yeah. Um, he. So this is like
1: Brienne of Tarth walking around, basically.
0: No, she's like a badass Irish lady.
1: But that's the way he's describing her.
0: Yeah, but she's not even very big. Like she's just a cook. I mean,
1: but he's describing her as super masculine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Saying like she, um, like there's a funny way she like talks, and like she also walks that way, and like. Yeah,
1: but I don't see how that any of that is relevant not, to what it, he's trying to do.
0: It's character smearing, <laughs> you know, it's which just, people love.
1: It's true. Do you need a break? I'm good.
0: Okay, just let me know.
1: Oh no, I'm good. I'm just, you know, I'm fidgety.
0: All right, so he ends up going to Herman Biggs, who is the New York Commissioner of Health. Um, And he was the one who was like, yes, we will inoculate you, and we can do it in your home if you won't do it. Um, And he said it was in the interest of public health. So that's this guy.
1: That's what they always say. Yeah, it's the interest in the interest of public health, or in the interest of national security, right? Or in the interest of this or that. It's yeah, whatever.
0: So um, he goes to him, and it's basically like this is patient zero of typhoid, <laughs> and we need to take care of her somehow.
1: Because he knew he knows he can totally limit it down to that. Yeah. Yeah. He totally has that science and that knowledge and that research. Right. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Sarcasm.
0: Yeah. I was like, when I was reading this, I was like, he's not a doctor, and like, he was basically hired as a scientific private investigator, and then his job was over, and then he kept on it, and then he went to the guy who was like very clearly cool with immunizing people against their will. So you think he's gonna be on his side about this? I mean, come on. Um. Okay, so Herman Biggs was like, "Cool, you have my authority. You can go to her house and get her." So they go with a caseworker, four cops, an ambulance, and an inspector named Josephine Baker, which should not be confused with the civil rights activist Josephine Baker. These are different. Um, so it takes the officers five hours to find her which I kind of love um this lady she's great I mean she's dumb but she's great um so it takes her five hours or then five hours to find her and they look and they're like oh there's a chair propped up against a fence yeah so she must be on the other side where there's a house so, they go to the other side, and they go in the house, which is basically a bunch of, like, houseworkers, servants, b- cooks, things like what Mary is. Yeah. Um. And so, they're like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, we don't, we haven't seen her. So, they, like, are searching the house for hours more, and then are getting ready to leave when one of the officers notices, like, a little piece of dress coming out of a closet door. And it's like, you know... Yeah. like when your kids play hide and seek yeah. they're like poking their leg out from under like the curtains and you're oh i wonder who that is but there's a bunch of like um ash cans from the fireplace in front of the door so like they were trying to hide her and uh, inspector baker actually went on to be like i really liked that they were like solidarity all that good stuff but Ten toes
1: down baby
0: yeah, but we're still gonna take you against your will yeah. and put you in an ambulance. It took all the officers to restrain her, and then Inspector Baker had to sit on top of her like during the ambulance ride. So you
1: sure this isn't Brianna Tar? <laughs> positive.
0: She's an angry. I would be so <laughs> pissed off. Are you kidding me? Like, I,
1: but I'm just saying. Like, it <laughs> takes like a pretty big person to fight off five men.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm just saying. Yeah. Pretty dominating person.
0: This is when the questions start getting asked about someone's, like, responsibility to the public when it has to do with, like, their own health. Um, So they take her to the hospital, and they need a stool sample, and she makes them wait a while, and then nature is going to do its thing. So finally she gave up the poo. And I tested it, and that is when they called her stool, quote, a factory for typhoid. Um, they nice. gave her then an option. She could either give up cooking, and they would let her go. And this is like, this is the first time, like, Olive Branch extended. Right. Like, okay. You can give up cooking, and Still the, we'll let the you livelihood. go. Right. And you work really hard for it. And, like, at one point, I think I was, like, reading something. They were even, like, you can go stay with your sister. And she was, like, I don't have a sister. And they are like, yeah, you do. You have a sister. And she was, like, no, I don't have a sister. Like, you can go find a place to stay. Like, they're trying. They're, they're like, go stay in Connecticut. Like, yeah. go be someone else's problem. Anything. Just, like, you can't cook anymore. Yeah. But, like you said... It was her livelihood. She worked really hard. And she had no symptoms. Like, she didn't feel sick. Right. So she thought that it was an Irish thing that it, because they were saying that she was dirty, which was something that the stereotype about Irish people is that they were drunks and they were dirty. And so they were just like, she was so angry that they were doing this to her because she didn't feel sick. And at the time, it would be weird to be sick with typhoid and not dying if because she wasn't seeking treatment
1: right
0: um so she said no i'm not going to give up cooking (laughs) so they took her to a wonderful place called north brother island it sounds wonderful right no no this is quarantine island and if you guys have seen shutter island that's what this place is it's like
1: Guantanamo Bay, basically.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for mental cases and sick people. Yeah. Like, people running around all over the place. So, yeah. Quarantine Island is a terrible place. (laughs) She goes in 1907. And this was a quarantine hospital originally for people with tuberculosis.
1: Nice.
0: So terrible. People are dying. Um, again, she's not sick. They put her in this hospital full of sick and dying people. And she's physically not sick. She doesn't have any symptoms. And this, like, she was brought to a hospital, like, against her own will. And then made to poop. And then given an option. And she declined. And then she ends up in this terrible place. Um... It was a place where they would end up putting people that were addicted to drugs because people didn't know how to deal with them. Um, mental illness, all different kinds of mental illnesses, tuberculosis, um, and of course, people who were dying basically of terrible diseases. It had a terrible reputation. Real doctors wouldn't even be there for a period of time, there were only nurses because of the reputation that it had um
1: nobody wanted that stink huh
0: no literally that stink because i mean no one was getting taken care of we talked about mountains of poop outside of new york earlier like imagine what it was like inside of a mental slash death ward
1: right just bodies piling up Yeah.
0: yeah and that's another thing with this typhoid is like you get a rash and like fever hmm. and really really bad diarrhea okay. so it's not good yeah not yeah. good um and if you're like a active carrier all these nurses and doctors there's no ppe back then so right. they probably also were getting these really bad bouts of sickness as well and just having to deal with it yeah they and were hopefully like, not infect their family they were like
1: smoking a cigarette while like doing <laughs> surgery
0: yeah yeah and giving their patients like
1: crazy like heroin
0: yeah um okay so when she gets there she actually attempts to go about getting out the legal way um she <laughs> would get this was a surprise is that her boyfriend which I was like, it doesn't ever really mention the door,
1: no.
0: him again. Um, cat. <laughs> but it said that he would sneak her poop out of the facility to give to like independent testing facilities huh. to test her poop, and these independent testing facilities were not getting the same results they weren't getting the freaking, what did they, factory for typhoid that this right. guy said that her results were, which I also thought was kind of relevant to today about how if no one really knows which, what testing to rely on, right. if there's a vaccine, if it's a reliable vaccine. So we've, we've done this before, people. Like,
1: right. Everyone, a lot of questions up in the air. Nobody really knows okay. what's going on. You've got the main guy behind it, um, just like now with these reopening committees. You know, it's like TV producers and stuff. And this guy is, is an engineer, not a doctor. Yeah, a um, sanitation
0: engineer. Not a medical engineer, doctor anyway. Which, back then, a sanitation engineer was basically, how do we get the poop out of the city?
1: Which is not, I mean, not that it's not an important job, but it's, it's just, it's just this is not your specification. Yeah, and to
0: call yourself, like, he championed that he was um, an epidemic fighter. <laughs> ...was notorious for being able to pinpoint where these diseases started, which could be from his field in sanitary sanitation engineering. Yeah. But...
1: I mean, he's familiar with where these, these types of bacterial infections would come from. Right.
0: But medically... I, he should be out of the picture. It makes me so mad. Okay. So, um, Mary made the argument um in court and to the public through like reporters that she was being held against her will in terrible squalor conditions which she was um but no one really gave a shit because she was a quote-unquote public health risk a public health threat um William Randolph Hearst which if you don't know in New York at the time he was a very big businessman He owned a newspaper. I guess he was more of like a publisher, a politician, and would go on to open one of the biggest like print communications media outlets called Hearst Communications.
1: So he's like Ted Turner. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
0: he was – that's a good – and actually might have paid for Mary's legal representation. Nice. Yes and no. This is where – so a lot of people said that – um, Hirsch really did care about justice and that this wasn't fair for, like, the human condition for her to be in there. Um, but he also owned the newspaper that wrote some pretty terrible things, ran, um, like, a five-page article with a picture of her, like, over a skillet, like, cracking skulls instead of, like, cracking eggs. Um, and they refer to her as a fever factory. So like the guy is like paying for her representation, but also owns the newspaper where this like I don't know these crazy public hyping
1: it up exactly. He's, doing. he's yeah he's c- controlling this narrative, and um, he he's basically like you know uh, WWE in this situation. He's he's Vince McMahoning this bitch. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like
1: Bitches in the situation I was in Mary, by the way. Yeah. I, I feel like I needed to distinguish that. <laughs> I not I wasn't referring to Mary as that. I was referring well, to the situation as she bitch. is
0: kind of uh, and she's not I don't know. And like I said this when we were off a little bit earlier with our Facebook live people, but in a lot of senses I do have her back on this. Up to a certain point. Um, and the public was kind of. At the time with that sentiment as well. There was outcry. Um, because like at one point. The doctors. And everyone doing testing. Were saying that it was in the gallbladder. She needed to get her gallbladder removed. And like we talked about. With her past. In Ireland where people were getting drugged. And their bodies like getting parts taken out, or, like, getting donated, I can kind of understand why she wasn't apt to just be a science experiment. Right. You know, and she's, again, feeling fine in this terrible place. Not, not a good situation. It just gives me the creeps. There's pla- There's pictures of this place. Um, the technical, like, official name for it, again, is North Brother Island so creepy like so many people died there um okay so she was convinced that they were going to try to kill her like the gallbladder thing was a hoax to try to kill her they she just got to a point where she didn't trust anything that were that they were saying i
1: mean that makes sense though it's like you're locked up you've already been taken against your will like your 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 freedoms and your rights have been infringed on. I mean, whether she's an immigrant or not, it shouldn't matter. Um, she's in this country legally and and operating as a business person and has certain rights. Right. And um, it, regardless, I mean, this is just how I feel, and and I mean, this is just fact of what you know she's owed, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think that no matter what. It's the kind of situation you're all, you're in you you're you shouldn't be detained for any reason at all unless you broke a law
0: right um, okay so there uh, is a new uh, New York public health commissioner so not the guy who's like we're breaking down doors and immunizing people against their will um, he ends up getting her out and even gets her a job. Which it's not as nice as it sounds. He gets her a job working laundry,
1: which is like hmm. the worst. That kind of is rung down from
0: Chef. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Chef. Okay. <sighs> if anyone has ever seen Ever After, it's another. I've, I've referenced Ever After before. <laughs> it's definitely underranked. All right. So there's a. At the end of Ever After, after the stepmom and the stepsisters are awful, well, stepsister. There's one nice one in this movie. Okay, so they get punished essentially for lying about Cinderella and the common, what everyone knows as Cinderella. So they get sent to do laundry. And it's like, all the ladies look really nice and happy that they're in there doing laundry. But stepmom and the evil stepsister are like complaining about it and start fighting about who's going to actually do the work. And then they end up getting, like, pushed into the laundry. And it's, like, the best part ever. Because they're living, basically, in squalor after being terrible people the whole movie. But yeah. it's very similar to that. It's, a, it's one of the worst positions you can have. Um, and she just wasn't very happy with that. Which I don't think I would be either. Melissa also loves Ever After. Yes. Thank you. Um. Also, did you know in Atlanta... There is a taxi driver, or there was that is a was a king in Ghana and came here to drive a taxi. Like, mm, there's no some, idea. Yeah. Oh. I don't know if he's still well, driving, I, but about I found. To say,
1: some, I'm pretty sure he's out of a job now. Oh yeah, that's Uber. True. <laughs> that's true. But yeah,
0: I found that too, and I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. So she was like. Okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna whatever, nose to the grindstone, she's a hard worker. Um, and she's keeping up with her like probation officer of sorts for her right. health. It's with the health department. They have to keep tabs on her.
1: Federal government, y'all. They're always doing great stuff.
0: Yeah. So go figure after a few years, she's gone. Like no one really knows what happened to her. And oddly enough, there's only one news story that's like, Mary malm has gone. No one can find her. Yeah. So, I don't know. She was a huge story, and then it was like, nah. Alright, so, it de- this next part kind of depends, as most historical things do, on who's telling the story. So, one... Thing says that Doctor Soper, this guy, gets called to investigate a typhoid outbreak in the Sloane Hospital, which is supposed to be this really like well-to-do, rich neighborhood hospital. And he says that he could tell by the handwriting that it was Mary Malam, even though nowhere in the registry were there any like. There weren't any people named that, but he was like, I know it's her, and then the... Hmm. um, Well, you
1: could just kind of, like, make a call like that back then, and nobody could really call you on your bullshit.
0: Yeah. The lady that sat on her in the ambulance, Josephine Baker, says that she actually went to the Sloan Hospital, but, okay, so I like the bus into the hospital version, so this is what... Sloan Hospital is, like, a hospital strictly, like, a maternity hospital just for making the babies come out. Um, so, basically, they walk in the kitchen, and they're like, what the fuck, Mary? Like, why, what are you doing? Like, you're cooking in a hospital. They just, like, that's what the physician's just, like, said. She walked into the kitchen, and she's like, really? Mary, are you... Are you behind the stove? Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. we're going to go through this again. We just did this. So, I like that version better. But Dr. Sofer was like, oh, you could tell by the handwriting it was her. I'm like, I like the version where we kick down the door and then it's like, really? Yeah. Damn it. So, Mary was going by another name. It was like Mary Brown or something. Stupid. But the biggest issue was at this point at this hospital, three deaths had occurred, and forty nine to fifty people were infected.
1: So yeah, she was still infecting people.
0: yeah no, no, no. everything she touched turned to poop. She My needed head. to stop, and she wouldn't. She was on it. That was her job. She made really good peaches and ice cream and wanted the people to know.
1: yeah, well, it's not worth it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it is at this point that she willingly goes with the people and the health commission because she, number one, signed something that was like, even though I may or may not have typhoid, I promise that I'm never going to cook again. So she broke that. Um, oh, this is so sad. Um... She died after living in that hospital for 26 years. She died of pneumonia at the age of 69. Wow. So it wasn't typhoid that took her out, but pneumonia and a terrible living condition. So that's typhoid Mary for you guys.
1: I wonder if they let her cook. Oh my
0: God. Oh my God, guys. That's what we're doing. Yep. Anywho, there were a lot of fun correlations between what's going on now and what was going on back then. We'd love to talk to you guys about them. So leave us a comment below if you're watching on Facebook Live. Otherwise, we will have the audio available for you guys everywhere on Monday. Everywhere you can find your podcasts.
1: Yep. So. Spotify, all that.
0: Yeah, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Soundcast, all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff.
1: Subscribe.
0: Yeah, that's where you can find us. Um, if you have any questions, you can also always email us. So, go follow us on Instagram at The Pits Podcast, on Facebook at The Pits Stories from the Depths. Uh, give us a review, share with your co-worker, your friends, all that good stuff. Yeah. We'll see you next week. We're um. live... Every Friday at 8 o'clock p.m. Episodes, again, are available on Monday. Yep, so. yep.
1: Go like the page on Facebook, and then you can watch us. Yay!
0: Yay! Bye! Bye! Bye.